0: Sunday night. I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald fans. But I'm out of practice. With your hosts, Keith Varney.
1: And I took a full-on bath in our dollar thirty-one cents of earnings. (laughs) Just like Scrooge McDuck.
0: Like Scrooge McDuck, we welcome you to season two episode six of the out of practice podcast detailing the practices sex lies and monkeys
1: also known as thursday nights at the varney household
0: (laughs) oh no yeah you know i realized in the intro i said and now your host me (laughs) oh sing oh oh god yeah i've already started with the passive aggression this early in the episode it's amazing (laughs) I'm going to, uh,
1: in front of all of our viewers here, I want you to go ahead and start the episode by rolling that objections
0: bumper. Oh, you got it. Objections!
2: Objections! There will be an appeal. Objections!
1: I just want to let our, our audience, of which I know there are some because I get the analytics... Uh, know that Keith and I are not just podcast buddies. We actually, uh, well, I would consider us friends in real life. And I reached out today. I reached through my uh, self-imposed wanting to just stay in my apartment and invited Keith and his wife to hang out with my wife and I, and I got (laughs) the hard no. So I'd like to object. You got a... (laughs) rejection <laughs> <laughs> uh, good one good twist anyway yeah i'm sorry we couldn't make that happen man but i guess uh I, I always know that at least we have our podcasts together
0: no 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 we're gonna do it we're we're, we're definitely definitely gonna do it
1: unfortunately you, you the know, last time we hung out we shackled ourselves to 200 plus episodes of this shit <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's better if we, we don't have dinner
0: yeah, I mean, like, like seriously, there's a fair amount of commitment when you uh, <laughs> ask to hang out. <laughs> I think I've now, I've seen you more in the past uh, two months than
1: I have in the previous ten years, probably. Oh, easily. Anyway, Sex, what? Lies, and Monkeys, what does that mean to you, buddy?
0: Oh, it means an episode we are going to discuss. I, t- <laughs> I, I, I watched, watching this episode uh, yesterday... I was like, "Oh boy, this is gonna be a thing we are going to discuss."
1: Well, uh, you know what? I don't even want to spoil it, but uh, I did want to let her. You just know I, I didn't check the email this week. I'm pretty confident we uh, didn't get any, but <laughs> that's pretty uh, fair
0: assumption. We are
1: up to a dollar and thirty one in revenue. Oh my god! <laughs> and uh, in addition to that, we got a thumbs up on Reddit for a gift that we posted. So, oh, how about that? I think it was the potentially it was the the set dressing gif which is pretty funny oh right 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 right. where if people wanted to see that gif keith where could they where could they see it
0: oh you know they could see it on our facebook page out out of practice podcast or on our instagram at out of practice podcast or on our blogger blog out of practice podcast.blogspot.com which i don't think i updated this week
1: Hey, if you wanted to update us with an email, you could do that at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com, and we will uh, probably read it. Oh,
0: we'll definitely read it at some point. Yes. You know, I, speaking of uh, updates on things, uh, I'm afraid we have some work to do, Degs, because the wisdom of one podcast is kicking our ass right oh, now. How,
1: how so? What In what in which fashion?
0: In terms of people who actually listen to it.
1: Well, I, like we've discussed, this is a very niche. Whereas, I think uh, a live action D anD D is probably
0: not so niche. There are a lot of nerds out there, you yeah. know. Uh, us being two of them.
1: I know. I I keep waiting for that phone to ring, but inviting me to the <laughs> podcast. But it, let me hold on. <laughs> let me check my messages. No.
0: Nope. Yeah. Well, look. In, in order to be on that podcast, you have to write original songs about your uh, characters.
1: Mm, I didn't know that. That was, I- that was that was that was a uh, prereq.
0: Oh, it's definitely. In fact, uh Sean, my brother who is the uh, who's the DM, he put out an entire album of songs about uh his one of his characters. Um, Menu at the mediocre.
1: What's the uh what's your what are your viewers up to? What are you doing?
0: You know, better than us. <laughs> <laughs> so 3? <three? laughs> like three yeah. at least no that's cool i actually uh, <laughs> like tom brady and bill belichick
1: we uh we're headed to philadelphia tomorrow for uh the, my my best friend had a baby and we're gonna go meet that baby and uh i have i have oh, nice. one queued up so uh the first how many episodes have been out released now
0: uh yeah. for us i don't know like 10 or 11 something like that already yeah. Well, then no. Uh, twelve. This this will no, be episode not twelve, us. not counting these, the season recap. Wisdom of one. Oh, wisdom of one. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. We just put out episode three. All right, so I can't. I bet my wife will will definitely be interested in listening to that.
0: <laughs> that makes one of yeah. our wives boom self burn. No, actually. <laughs> Jill's actually listened to it. She's like, what, what, what is this? Yeah, We
1: should get our wives involved into something. But what is, should we, or maybe that's a terrible idea.
0: Not Not a chance in
1: hell. (laughs) I know in some magical land, they actually like us and we should probably try to keep it that way.
0: Well, no, exactly. It's like this, uh, you know, I think involving our wives in our podcasting, like, I don't know. I think there should be boundaries in a marriage. Like you don't want to watch your spouse like poop. Right. And you don't want, you know, you don't want your wife watching you do that. And I think the podcast is much the same way. You don't even want your wife to wipe you. A little bit of boundary, a a little bit of mystery keeps the marriage alive.
1: Okay, that's fair. Yeah, all right. Although, uh, Julian has been on this podcast. She has, much against her will. (laughs) Yeah, she definitely, I definitely couldn't charm her into enjoying that. I tried.
0: No, well, the the crazy thing is, like, she's like, what was he talking about? I had to explain the whole situation (laughs) later.
1: (laughs) You seemed, I see, those are things you should converse about. I definitely, uh, me and Jen had a conversation about my death wishes after that.
0: Oh, really? Um, Oh, look at this, the Out of Practice podcast, you know, bringing, facilitating important discussions. Well,
1: just reading the IMDB summary, I feel like we're going to have some pretty intense conversations today.
0: Yeah, boy, it is. This is this is we're we're uh, we're having a we're having a moment here on the practice, and we are going to discuss uh, it. But first, oh, no, say no, what no, you to say.
1: I was going to try to segue back into where we should be, so I figure you're taking us there anyway.
0: That's what I was doing. Oh, we tried. We had to. We had a segue at the mm-hmm. same time. It's so romantic. All right. So this episode: sex, lies, and monkeys was broadcast on October 18th, 1997. I would like to know what was going on in... Stay in
1: the basement. Well, Keith, I have another amazing revelation that I've had. Uh,
0: Oh, do reveal something. No,
1: this was a period of my life when I actually left the house, and my friends and I used to love to go to concerts. As you remember, we went to a Radiohead concert uh, not long ago. Uh, and an REM concert, not REM, uh, Rolling Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones, mind you. Well, we have another one coming up. This is a good period for me. On this exact date, in fact, the Saturday, October 18th. uh, I was never this cool again in my life. But anyway, I went to see at the Electric Factory in Philadelphia. This was one of the first times I ever went to the Electric Factory. It was a little bit uh, bigger of a venue, so I had to get permission from my parents. I was only 16 years old right about to turn 17 anyway so we got to the electric factory where i would in a year or two and we'll get there i actually dislocated my shoulder crowd surfing at an everclear concert
0: (laughs) (laughs) wow i can't wait on this date, i don't know if
1: you remember this band do you remember a band called primus
3: oh of course anyway i went to see
1: primus play live at the Electric Factory in Philadelphia on this exact Saturday. Now, I couldn't find a bootleg of the actual recording. However, uh, for our viewers who don't remember Primus, how dare you, Uh, this is one of their jams.
0: How's that going? Hmm, well... (laughs) Sounds great. Boy, their album sales are going to skyrocket. I don't know that
1: they need us. But I I guess, uh, yeah... Wow, the sound of buffering. <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. This is a uh, was one of their jams called Wynona's Big Brown Beaver.
0: Wow, that is quite the video we're watching there. The cowboys, like the plastic cowboys running through the woods. Yeah, video. pretty amazing. That's that's amazing. Well, I you know I I know about Primus because my older brother who is the DM on Wisdom of One, I believe was a big Primus fan back at the time. You know, I remember because he talked a lot about them. He either loved them or hated them. I'm not sure which one. So I, I think he occasionally does listen to this. So Sean, if I got it wrong, we can discuss on the other podcast. Interestingly though,
1: I both loved and hated Primus too, because some of their music was so cool and the hooks were so cool. I mean, it was, they were big on the six string bass. Um, but it was also very obtuse at times, and uh, when you're 16, sometimes that's cool, and sometimes it's just like just play play a melody. I dig.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, I also sometimes love and hate myself. So mm, interesting. And, you know what? And that might have been why Sean liked Primus because Sean is a phenomenal bass player. That's it.
1: I'm sure he tried to ape some of their lines, of course.
0: Oh, he did his own lines. His his uh. His um, band back in the day, Five Seconds Expired, like had a national contract right about that time.
1: Well, at the end of this exact episode of Out of Practice Podcast, we will be featuring some of those sick basslines by Sean Varney. Uh, once Keith sends me that MP3.
0: Oh yeah, I totally should. No, you. Yeah, all right. So we'll we'll do that too. Uh, anyway, it's a good album. Well, speaking of your brother and you, Keith, hundreds of miles yes. north
1: of Philadelphia, where I was rocking out to Primus, what were you doing this day in 1997?
0: But, you know it, you have all of these really cool like concerts you that were was at awesome. you were out with friends you were seeing like you were you were performing with your band and like being awesome and cool and i i don't have anything like that i was uh, in fact i was scrolling through old pictures on my phone to try to like see if i remembered anything and compared to you going and seeing primus at the rainbow factory mm. i found a picture of myself uh Backstage at uh, Showboat, because I, I I said earlier that we were rehearsing Showboat for right, community right. theater. And right. I saw the amount of makeup I was wearing to perform in the ensemble as a regular person in community theater. It was like full on layers of Kabuki pancake. I, I mean, I, you know, I was pretty much Jimmy as number two pancake. You were then. referred
1: to as the Rainbow Factory?
0: Uh, definitely and it made me think that I think there is a mathematical formula that I have created and that is the quality the 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 level of professionalism of your production of whatever show you're in and the amount of makeup that the men are wearing is a perfect inverse proportion because the 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 smaller community theater in high school, you put on this absurd amount of crazy makeup and eyeliner and foundation and blush and on Broadway, I didn't wear anything mm-hmm. True. And, and I, I think there's this idea, uh, out in the boonies where I was doing amateur theater that like, Oh, in order to be professional, I have to put on like a, like a 1987 horse makeup in order to be seen by the audience in this 300-seat theater. <laughs> you know, And it's just not true. Actually,
1: this segues me nicely into a new segment I'd like to start this week, Keith. Do you have a jingle? I'm about to play you the jingle. Well, and by play it, I mean sing it oh. a cappella. Uh, because that's how I am professionally. Anyway, so I found that the number of likes and subscribers we get week to week on our Facebook page here for Out of Practice Podcast uh-huh. uh, is at least a third less than the new followers and subscribers. We get to the follow spot podcast every week on Facebook, which is a podcast that's been dead for about six years now.
0: Our theater podcast. So I'm going to do a. Hasn't been dead for six years. It's been dead for like 10 years.
1: Now I would like to resurrect a brief, just every once in a while segment. And it goes like this. Two straight guys talking about Broadway. This is the follow spot segment on our, the practice podcast.
0: Yes, we totally should. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll have to pull so that up. So just out.
1: to take a brief uh, visit to Broadway, for those of you who, who don't care at all, you can fast forward. I got a chance to get standing room tickets to Hadestown this week.
0: Oh, I hear that's great. You
1: absolutely have to go see it. It's, the score is incredible. the The play is sort of an allegory of, and a retelling of the, uh, the Aridice, Eurydice and Orpheus tale. But mm-hmm. with just sort of this sort of Dixieland folk slash Americana slash weird. It's just really good. It, it's something comp- new and fresh. And I think, uh, I really think you would enjoy it.
0: And it stars Spider Man, no less. Well,
1: I don't want to get into critiques. I, I felt like he was the weakest link, but.
0: Oh, man, I don't want to get into critiques, but boom, here's a slam. I've
1: been listening to the the live recording they did at the out-of-town tryout where Reeve wasn't in yet. It was this other guy who's now in Oklahoma. I forget his name. Regardless, he's so incredible, and I really kind of fell in love with his voice. And so seeing someone else do it, I I, I don't know that it's a critique so much as just my heart was somewhere else.
0: Well, your heart will go on. So I think, oh, no, that's good. All right. So I think it is time for us to stop rambling about nonsense and talk more about what was happening on in the world. Absolutely. On October 18th, 1997. Don't you think? And uh, so uh, why don't you talk a little bit while I quickly stall and uh, find the very important musical Yes. well, we you should here. know
1: that in Astoria, Queens, it was... It was oh,
0: that's not what I meant. It was much like meant. today.
1: In fact, it was rainy. It was rainy and chilly, and uh, somewhere someone, probably in this very apartment, was taking a nap, which is what I would be doing were I not awake and doing a podcast.
0: Yeah.
4: At Proflowers.com. Okay,
0: <laughs> so the number one hit was, a, uh, was an ad for 1-800-Flowers. It's amazing. You wouldn't have thought that a... Uh, that would have been the ad. But in fact, the number one hit on October 18th, 1997 was Candle in the Wind. Get out of here. And it was for Diana about a month. I think so. A better podcast would remember if uh, this was actually related to Diana. It was. Well, he re-released it. He re-released it, but whether... When did she die? Hold on. (laughs) It was August 97. So, yeah, this was a couple of months later. But Elton would take over the uh, number one charts for a while. I'm excited about this
1: biopic of his coming up. Rocket Man.
5: Yeah,
0: it looks like it's alright. I mean, I'm a little biopicked of... Every singer you can think of yeah. out, but I don't know, maybe it'll be good. The, uh, the top movie, however, is appropriate to what we're doing. It's I Know What You Did Last Summer. Interesting tie-in. Yeah, right. I, I really enjoyed that movie mainly because I, uh, <clears throat> I, I had strong feelings about, uh, what's your not Homicide? Oh. <laughs> no, uh, Jennifer oh, Love yes. Hewitt I found her rather Attractive you, I remember
1: vividly seeing that in the theater But I don't believe I've ever revisited that film Ever
0: I I definitely Saw it I don't know if I saw it in the theater I might have seen it in the theaters I know that I at what point watched I still know what you did last <laughs> summer The sequel I don't think I've had the pleasure Ah uh, yeah, but that had, yeah it had Jennifer Love Hewitt, and I think it had uh, Buffy in oh, it as well. Oh, Buffy. Ah, Buffy. All right. Thank you, Elton. You know, it is time. It is time, finally, after all of this time, to get into the damn yes, episode. Yes, and
1: talk about three of Keith's favorite things.
0: <laughs> Sex, yes. Lies, and Monkeys. Indeed. So, Sex, Lies, and Monkeys was written by an entire committee of writers. Which we well, talked three about three wasn't last, enough last week. No, we had four writers, uh, include Michael R. Perry, Ed Redlick, who also wrote Part Six, which was the season finale of Season One. Stephen Gagan and David E. Kelly. I don't have to do bios because we've already talked about all of them. But who boy, that was a lot of uh, cooks in that yeah, kitchen.
1: Yeah, well, the episodes suffer. It could.
0: Well, we're gonna find out. The uh, director was Jonathan Pontell, who, uh, interestingly, didn't have a, a large career outside of David E. Kelly stuff, hmm. but he did a ton. I mean, he, he, was, uh, he moved on to be a producer primarily, but he did 12 episodes of Boston Public, six episodes of Ally McBeal. This was his only practice. He also did an episode of Picket Fences and then Harry's Law. Uh, much, much later, and maybe two other things. So he really only directed for David E. Kelly.
1: So I guess since this is a let's for those of you who are just kind of listening long and haven't had the pleasure of jumping on the Hulu, which we are attempting to use again today. Uh, shout out to Hulu. That's yeah. gonna go great. Uh, this is a continuation. We hit the the good old fashioned to be continued last uh, last episode, and we I believe the a the a case at that point was a. Uh, this couple who it was the cheating wife and her her man friend, Bobby was defending the man friend and pulled the last minute switcheroo where he kind of went went against his co-defendant and actually got her convicted, convicted of murder, murder and his client acquitted who then uh, ostensibly admitted to Bobby in, in his chambers afterwards that he... He knew what happened. He was the murderer, probably. Yes. So Bobby's dealing with that fallout, I'm guessing, in this episode.
0: And also previously on, uh, which will be relevant to this, uh, do you remember a few episodes ago where Lindsay had uh was working opposite some creepy DA who they used to date in college? Oh yeah, yeah. Who like tried to to get her to uh or he he dropped the case if he kissed her. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so keep that fresh in your mind. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay,
1: so uh, you're going to listen to Keith and I ramble for a couple seconds about uh, Anchor.fm slash start. And now that we've dealt with that, we're going to begin season two, (laughs) episode six of The Practice, Sex, Lies, and Monkeys.
0: Oh, it's already steamy. We're having a full-on sex scene here.
1: With the old-school telephone. Oh!
0: And if you can't tell by Mike's reaction, it's Lindsay and Creeper. Uh Lindsay and
1: Creeper are banging. And Eleanor's eating Chinese food. Oh, hey, that's who she went on the blind date with.
6: Yes, it is. George Fogelman, remember? Oh,
1: I remember.
3: Of course I remember. How are you?
6: You love Mame. (laughs) I'm fine. Yourself?
3: I'm fine. Oh, still I'm still uh,
7: alone. Fine.
6: <laughs> this is the place where you work, huh? No. Where you litigate?
1: Yep. This is. I'm just uh, in some
6: other lawyer's office.
1: So, uh, what brings you here, George?
6: Actually, I'm going into litigation too. Oh.
1: Can we talk for a second about his makeup? I mean, is it me or is it? He look like he's wearing a prosthetic
0: of some sort. It does sort of look that way. I don't think he Ooh, is. I'm sorry, guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm representing myself,
6: so I'm a little nervous, but...
1: You're telling me that that's not a fake nose? A fake
0: nose? Is, is that what you think yeah. is the prosthetic, the, the nose? nose? Or is it... Yeah, it looks... A, he's a little, like, glossy and shiny. It's like he's wearing community theater I mean, makeup. That's true. He's, like, number six... St- he's got too much foundation six on. six pancake. Number six pancake. Okay, sorry. I had to... T- it, it, well, look, maybe maybe he's like part of
1: Jimmy's act. <sighs> Yeah, Eugene is I'm sorry, not having a good time sued?
6: <laughs> Heavens no, no, I'm the plaintiff I'm doing the suing I'm actually getting excited about it
4: Ooh, Well, That's
1: creepy that's He's great. looking her up that's and down while he says
6: it.
4: Um, maybe I can uh, come down and I'll catch you
1: in action sometime
6: I'm sure you will Here's the summons I'm suing you
1: What? Me? What for?
6: Fraud, intentional infliction of emotional distress It's all in there
1: Oh, this is oddly relevant. I guess they didn't know where internet dating was going to go, but...
0: seeing it. Wait, are people suing for
1: fraud on internet dating? Uh, I believe so. Well, I don't know. I can imagine this is sort of the precursor to that. Um, I wanted to point out here, Keith. Now, one of my 865 million uh, temp jobs I've held whilst pursuing a career in the arts... I actually... How's it going? <laughs> it's going great, as you can tell. Uh,
0: <laughs> it's it's almost like uh, I'm doing the same thing, and as a, instead of arts, we're yeah, doing that's a true. podcast. In my late
1: twenties, I was a bike messenger for a well, not necessarily yeah. law firm, but I served a lot of subpoenas and notices. Did you? Yes, really and So I have odd knowledge of certain things about the law. Long story short, this. Couldn't happen. Really, an officer Do tell. of the court has to serve a suit. So, if you're involved in the litigation, you can't serve the suit to the person you're suing.
0: Okay, so let's say that I wanted to serve somebody uh, some a subpoena here, and I hopped onto my rollerblades and knocked on their door. What would the rules I would have to follow be?
1: Uh, aren't many rules. You have to identify yourself. You have to. Tell them if they ask to see any identification, so you have to show them your ID. And then okay. that's it. Uh you don't you can't give them any information. Everything has to be included into the, the the summons. So they can't ask you any questions. You're just serving the papers. I will tell you this though. Yeah. Ninety nine point nine nine percent get real fucking pissed.
0: Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> ask, like what like whats have so, you gotten any crazy responses or No, I
1: would generally just stick it in the door or in a slot or something, and I'd let them the second I you know the second I uh, made my summons, I would be I would be on my way: interesting. that wasn't I did I didn't do that very often. Usually, I was just like shuttling papers to a different place, but I did on occasion have to do that
0: and so you were a but you were a bike messenger in Manhattan. that had to be terrifying, too. I,
1: I used that term bike messenger, but I actually never rode a bike. I took the subway.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. You were a subway messenger. Well, that's yeah. uh, that takes Very your different. life into
1: your hands less. Yes, that's true. But I got a MetroCard out of it, and that's sort of why I did. it. <laughs> 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 anyway, so I never, but I never served a summons on someone who was pissed about a date that didn't go well.
0: Mike and Deglio will work for
1: MetroCards. Although I'm sure we've both been on some pretty shitty dates. So but I've never been sued.
0: That's true. I, 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 I never went on a lot of dates because you know me. But never got sued. I'll take that. <sighs> that was good. <laughs> that was a good. That was a good take. Well, and the, again, uh, really good Cameron Mannheim moment. She doesn't give us a what. She gave us a.
1: <sighs> I was on a date once where I had been itching on my arm, and I had a lady on the table next to us lean over and go, "Hey, that could be. It looks like fleas." And so it was a blind date. <laughs> It was a blind date, and now this date thinks I have fleas. Sad. Oh my god. I also she didn't tell me that she had a broken leg, and so she ended up we went to Max Brenner's chocolate factory. And she walked from the six train and it ended up being like a seven-block walk that she had to do on crutches because her leg was broke. And she was so pissed, and I was like, Well you didn't mention that your leg was
0: broken. <laughs> so one had the broken leg and one had fleas. Uh, this was the
1: same date. Anyway. <laughs>
8: <laughs>
0: hey, hey, hey. Good. Uh, so we've got Jimmy top blowing top right. into a paper bag, realizing how last episode went for him.
9: <laughs> Jimmy, uh, I can go with you on this. No, I'm ready. Uh, wind Valve is just pissed off a little. Uh, I don't need anybody's help. I just don't want you going down for the count if I can help. I'll be fine. <laughs>
1: Calm they really give down. him Eleanor, some schlocky shit to do, man. They sure do. This is ridiculous. It has got to be against public policy. I and mean, you can't sue me for not wanting to date him. It's a straight rule 12 failure to state. What's going on? That was you a weird close-up of bag her bag there. What's
10: with him?
8: Trial. Product placement.
1: A I want to follow 1236. I want to get it kicked now, Eugene.
10: We'll go in this morning.
1: You can't sue somebody for not wanting to go out with you.
10: No, you can't. I
1: mean, it's outrageous. Yes, it is. I'm very interested
0: where they're going to go with that, though. Maybe
4: you should see a doctor. Oh, yeah, I'm okay.
0: Wait, uh, Lindsay's puking. Huh? Hmm.
4: It's
0: a little early to be I'm pregnant.
4: Hungover. Hey, maybe I can't drink wine anymore. Ooh.
1: Now, before this scene is over, they better both wash their hands, because they were in a nasty-ass bathroom right now.
0: That's true. Well, over. that's it's in their hoarded oh, I office. I promised myself
4: I wouldn't get back involved with this guy. And <laughs> and you got weak. I don't know what came over me. I mean, I do not even use protection edge. Oh, Jesus.
1: So you get awkward around Jimmy, who has a sex room about you, but you're going to bear back this lawyer who's a creepo?
4: Oh, maybe i <laughs> Maybe this is morning sickness. Doesn't That's
1: a legal term, by the way, Keith, bareback. That <laughs> is it?
4: I'm going to the doctor.
8: Did you put the second oil in his wine? Yes. Was Mr. Wiggins unconscious when you carried him to the bathtub? Yes. Did you kill Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Goldman? No.
0: What? Boom, OJ Byrne. Did you kill John Wiggins? Yes. Did his wife help you? So this is the guy that Bobby got off. Does Mary Jane Wiggins know that you killed her husband? No. In the previous episode.
1: So am I to believe that since he's been acquitted and can't be retried for Double Jeopardy, Bobby's trying to get him to take a polygraph so they can get his innocent girlfriend off?
0: Yes, that is
7: correct. Are you in love with Mary Jane Wiggins? Yes. I've been with the paper almost nine years. That is a mullet. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that is a lot of things. Roll me that right bumper.
1: There. Roll me that empty bumper. Okay. Who's Witness who's got an awesome mullet. Who's Guy whose eyebrows are fucking out of control.
0: <laughs> well, wait till you find out how this man is described. But the man is Joe Grafasi, who uh performed a lot. He's done a lot of... uh. TV work, but I think the most interesting thing he's done, he was Yogi Berra in The Bronx is Burning. Okay. He was also in Batman Forever, Presumed Innocent, Natural Born Killers, Naked Gun, 33 and a third, and uh, plays a regular judge on Law and Order. And uh, (laughs) he is the now going to be the uh, star actor in the second or third most ridiculous part of this episode.
9: Nine years. And all this time as, uh, the
7: film critic. Sometimes I'd even do copy work in a pinch. There was nobody more loyal.
9: And when he fired you completely without cause, did your boss... Uh, objection.
5: What? I think your question might have contained a legal conclusion, counsel. Those conclusions
3: are for them to draw. Oh, forgive me, Your Honor. Don't and worry. I'd like to take this opportunity
9: to
0: apologize. Judge is Gibby Brand. Uh, we already saw him in Trial and Error, but he did not get his jingle. Uh, he will do six episodes of The Practice all together, as well as four episodes of the same judge on Ally McBeal. But for reasons beyond me, a different character on Boston Legal.
1: Oh, that's interesting. So the, in the Kellyverse, it is a shared universe. So at times there's crossover ju- judges and stuff.
0: Yeah. In fact, there's a crossover. We're going to see. We're going to meet some characters from Ally McBeal. On The Practice. They're, they do a crossover.
1: What was that other show you keep mentioning, Harry's Law?
0: Harry's Law, which was a uh, was like 2011, 2012 with Kathy Bates. Oh, wow. A, as a as a judge. Uh, it was interesting. It got a second season, but it never really went anywhere. I, I, I watched some of it. P.S., oh. like on your screen, you should look at the teleplay by four different people, story by two <laughs> two different people there are five named writers on this episode
1: actually keith i was going to ask you to take us a little inside of baseball and describe to me so they do list four people worked on the teleplay however the story was conceived by two people so what do you think that means they like outlined it
0: yeah that that means that two people sort of pitched the idea or elements of the idea like hey what if what if we you know had somebody sue eleanor for her dating profile and then they might have even outlined like it, it, the beginning, middle, and end of some of these stories, but the teleplay is the actual dialogue that they're writing. So
1: it seems that maybe drama or these courtroom dramas work a little differently than your situation comedies. Whereas you know, there's a whole writers' room and they pitch ideas together, and then someone goes and types up the episode.
0: Is well, it's it, it, it sometimes works like that, and sometimes there frequently is a writers' room um, and where they will. Pitch ideas and work out problems and do research. Um, Rarely, certainly what happened on the West Wing, which is uh, actually a great way to get the inside baseball on all of this, is to listen to the West Wing Weekly, because they discuss this at length. But um, what will happen, especially after the Aaron Sorkin years, where other people were allowed to write anything, (laughs) um, the writer's room would work on it. One person would sort of take the lead, And then they would get credit for writing the episode, even though a lot of people contributed. And so they would sort of rotate through so everybody got an episode or two. Um, And this is a situation that seems rare. Uh, Yeah, I don't really know what the the writer's room situation was on the practice, but there usually is a writer's room.
1: And if only there was a podcast that would be researching this type of thing.
0: (laughs) If only... You know, there's a podcast that took like two and a half hours to talk through everything, but didn't have any information. Uh,
9: The jury system is what makes the American system of justice the best on earth, and I would never give any... Let's just move forward. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Papp, did your boss, Mr. Holt, offer you any reason for terminating your employment after so many years of loyal service? He did. What was his stated reason, sir? He said, I looked like a monkey. A monkey.
0: <laughs> oh, this guy. Here we go. <clears throat> oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get into him. But Okay. That don't worry. This All is what he said.
7: And it's hard for me to relive it here in this courtroom in front of relatives. Did he criticize your job <laughs> performance in any way? <laughs> no, he did not. He just said I had too much body hair and that I made him uncomfortable. It was very painful for me. A couple of colleagues started leaving... Bananas at my desk.
0: And it's- That's hurtful. Of course, you That's create emotional distress. So hurtful. No objection. You, you want to know what else it's is hurtful? That- the the All the makeup and prosthetics that they put on this guy to make him look monkey-ish that are so over the top but sort of had to be because we were in low the definition. Legal conclusion thing again.
1: He doesn't look oh. like he's got anything on. They uh, just what? combed the his eyebrows. Guy? They combed his eyebrows up and put a mullet patch on him. Feeling?
9: No, it's look it's at the
0: even, guy. He doesn't look do anything want, like that. Do you
9: have as a result of these?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess we gotta, if, if we
0: you gotta, pull him up on IMDb, he looks like a normal person who has done lots of things, not like this weird <laughs> monkey-looking dude.
1: I mean, they did put some monkey chest hair on him.
0: I did a lot of things
9: events, to, you just actor. You previously testified to. Like I said, it caused
7: me pain so much so it was hard for me.
1: What's the most? What's the most outlandish costume you've ever had to wear?
0: That I've ever had to wear uh, beyond that wig in the Titanic tour. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I'd have to think about that one. That's, what's what's yours?
1: I had to wear. I was doing a, a show that shall remain nameless, but. Uh, for a whole segment, I had to dress up like a slice of pizza and do a tango.
0: Ooh, Weight Watchers! I know that show. Damn it! Weight <laughs> Watchers. Said, hard for me to oh, even go watchers. on. No
1: Interviews.
7: affiliation with Weight Watchers. Because every time I look in the mirror now, I see. I've made
1: a career doing knockoffs of other things. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you totally See-watcher. a monk. I always say, if I ever do a uh, a cabaret, it's gonna be called Mister Almost. Cause I've almost I mean, booked a shit ton of stuff. A big but,
0: monkey. But you booked the knockoff. That's true. The law of deceit is intended to protect. Oh wait, hold from on. This mind. is very important.
1: Fam. Who's that judge? Who's
0: that judge? Guys, this judge could not be more important because that is Armin Shimmerman, who plays Quark! On Deep Space Nine, he is a series regular. He is the Ferengi we know and love who operates the bar. Uh, So, he also plays the principal on Buffy, amongst many, many other things. Fine actor. Uh, Really excited to see him because he's... there. There's going to be a few actual, like... Regular people on this show who were regulars on Deep Space Nine, which is one of my favorite Star Trek episodes. And yes, here it is. Tom Brady's waiting. Unnecessary Star Trek reference. The line must be
9: drawn here. This far, no farther.
6: Deceit is intended to protect people from relying mistakenly on willful fraud, lies, and misrepresentations.
10: Excuse me, Counselor, but deceit is a common law tort that applies only to commercial transactions.
1: Right here, Eugene is thinking... I've got such better shit to do than defend Eleanor against this ugly dude trying to sue her because she wasn't interested.
6: Yes, but as I understand it, if I relied to my financial and emotional detriment on Miss Frutt's false advertisement, that constant- personal that was-
10: listing in a newspaper is not an advertisement. I assume you have a citation. My client's listing was a statement of her social availability. It in no way constituted an offer for goods or services. That's not true.
6: Here, this is from her ad.
1: Why does he have a 19th century doctor's suitcase? He's
6: a
0: weird dude. He likes maim and uh, old suitcases.
6: Here we go. Not afraid to explore beyond looks and first impressions. Eager to discover life beneath the surface. She was saying this is who I am. And it was a lie.
5: How do you know it was a lie?
6: The moment she saw me, she turned green. What? and 13 minutes later, our dinner date was canceled. Oh, and she's never been horseback riding. Not once.
10: Your Honor, there is no known cause of action that compensates someone for social rejection, as I'm
11: sure this court has more pressing issues. Not so fast. I'm not sure whether Mr. Vogelman here has a cause
5: of action or just a bruised ego. On the other hand, the law recognizes many forms of tortious behavior, and before I go dismissing anything, I want to take a little discovery. You can't be serious. Oh, but I can. Take your depositions. I'll give you 24 hours. We'll see what comes out.
0: That's ridiculous, Quark. I don't believe you.
12: Absolutely ridiculous. Oh, Judge Hunt. It's open. Again?
1: Is, now, hold on. Correct me if I'm wrong, Keith, because I'm often wrong. Is she sitting in Judge's chambers here with nothing better to do than to make...
0: Paper dolls? Yes, yes, indeed. It's we're gonna we're gonna address it. Don't worry. Oh, okay, good.
12: People are going to think there's something going on between us.
0: So, oh, I missed a good sex reference that she just made. You did. Hold on, but you got it. You got to back that up because this is like continuing my theory that Bobby has slept with everyone. In uh, you, you, did you do a conspiracy theory bumper? I didn't. But you didn't do your homework. it didn't go like well, this. Senior-
1: dum, 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 dum. Dum, 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 dum. Conspiracy
0: theory. Bobby has slept with everyone in the world. It's open.
12: Again? People are going to think there's something going on between us. That would be good for my image.
1: Ooh! <laughs> Mine, too. <laughs> that was... I... That's pretty flirty. I got a half chub right now.
0: (laughs) No. What are you doing?
12: Paper dolls. I'm making them for my granddaughter.
0: Okay, good.
1: I was about to think you
0: crazy.
12: So, what is it?
0: He's the only sane person on this show. (sighs)
12: So,
1: thus far, here's what we've dealt with. Uh... Eleanor is being sued because she rejected somebody. Bobby's taking a lie detector test of someone he just got acquitted. The judge is making paper dolls. There's a guy dressed up like a monkey and Lindsay hooked up with the creepo from the elevator.
0: Yes, that is a good assessment of what's happened here. It's bad. And she's throwing up for some reason.
8: I got to do the big hypothetical windup.
12: Oh, No. What if
8: a defense attorney came to know, how he came to know he can't reveal, that a person was about to go to jail for a crime she or he did not commit? What if he knew they absolutely have the wrong person, but he can't implicate the right person for various reasons?
1: She's threw a pencil at him.
12: She sure did. This is what happens when you start pulling stunts like...
1: Oh. I... Rolled the objection, sorry. I know I'm stopping a lot, but. Objection! I'm so pissed off that this is two episodes going objection! over each other where people are, are condemning Bobby for this quote unquote stunt that he pulled. He got his client off. Nobody's upset at John Larroquette for monologuing himself to freedom. Bobby just did a <laughs> pulled a, pulled a, a tactical move maneuver that got his client acquitted of a crime he did commit. And everybody's jumping down Bobby's throat.
0: I, look, I gave him the most valuable lawyer, so That's I mean, true. I thought he was doing his job. That does make up for it.
12: <laughs> God, he's not making this up, is he? Just to spring his girlfriend? <sighs> he passed a lie detector,
1: which are have been scientifically proven to be not at all reliable. And
0: we've uh, said this on the show before.
4: What? Are, are you sure about this, Cindy? Could you fax me that result? Thanks.
1: She's not pregnant, is she?
4: What's up? Nothing.
1: The nail biting might have okay, been over Nancy, the top what's there. What's the
4: matter? The, uh, my doctor did a blood test, put a rush on it, because uh, I don't believe this. you pregnant? No.
1: They, they did lead us to believe that, though, because she said she wasn't wearing protection, so that's a red herring. It is.
4: They found traces of GHB. GH what? It's gamma hydroxybutyrate. All-
1: gamma? She's the Incredible Hulk ass?
4: <laughs> also known as Liquid X. Liquid X. The more popular name is Easy Lay. What are you talking about? She got Roofy? Like
0: she got roofie.
4: And that that's why I was so Chris must have drunk me.
1: Okay, we need to unpack this a little bit.
0: Yeah. Holy balls.
1: <laughs> but she wasn't blacked out or something. She 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 admitted to Rebecca that she slept with a guy and that she w- didn't use protection, that she was so she was consented. Did she?
0: No, no. I mean, you. you she. He gave her because, because a, a lot, like not all roofies work where they make them un- unconscious. It just, I mean, he basically gave her uh, ecstasy, Ladies, so she she wasn't able to really make her own decisions.
1: This has been Roofie Corner with your host Keith Barney.
0: <laughs> Dude, I will kill you.
1: <laughs> um, hold on. Okay.
0: Yeah. So so like this is full on rape.
1: This is what I love about this show, about Kelly, is that he never black and whites it for you, right? There's always some, there's always either some or a shit ton of nuance. Like the argument could be made. I mean, she's described the whole encounter. It wasn't that.
0: I mean, he, he, he well, no, because, and, and we're, we'll, we'll get into this because this is like the whole episode. But like when you drug somebody without their knowledge, it's not like, like they took X together. Right, right. You right, did right, it right, without right. her knowledge. And gave her a drug that changes your behavior, your inhibitions, your decision-making process.
1: Yeah, and really. Then I took mean, advantage
0: but, of her. That's be, full-on rape.
1: Yeah. Before we even get into the court case, where I'm sure they're gonna, the defense is gonna equivocate the other side. I mean, I, I think you and I, at least at this stage, can agree that the second that you are that you do not consent and are given secretly a drug, your behavior after that fact is totally irrelevant yeah irrelevant irrelevant (laughs) irrelevant there's no it's it's irrelevant consent can't happen
0: right exactly so we 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 have beyond we're beyond consent it Uh, is now full-on rape not a great journalist by any means
1: but a good guy however they come back from the commercial with monkey case he looked like a
5: monkey there were other reasons than that were there not mr holt oh sure uh like i said
1: should we do this now all right Amazing boss! All star mustache. You fired that guy for looking like a
4: monkey.
0: <laughs> who also sort of looks like a monkey. <laughs> this is legendary, and I I mean that for yeah. real. Legendary character actor Richard Riley, who has I think up there with uh, Ed Asner, three hundred and ninety three IMDb credits. He has mm-hmm. done. A gazillion movies, a gazillion TV shows, you might know him from Office Space. But I, wait for it, know him from the character of Batai in the legendary Next Generation episode, Inner Light. He also plays Seamus Driscoll on two episodes of Star Trek Voyager. He also plays Jeremy Lucas on an episode of Star Trek Enterprise. He is also a Star Trek legend. Unnecessary Star Trek reference The line must be drawn here This far, no father. So, Deggs, what do you know him from?
1: Uh, office Space is the first thing that pops to mind But he's one of those people where you start racking your brain Because I know I've seen him in a million things
0: Well, 393 things to be My precise My question
1: is, at this point Does your mustache get its own IMDB page? Because it is it has been in a many of a thing too
0: yeah, I mean, it pretty much does most of the work for him. Yeah, I mean. Just stand there and be a walrus and like, you're going to be entertaining.
1: If they ever did a, a, a uh, what's his name? Oh my God. Who's the diabetes guy?
0: <laughs> oh, Wilford Brimley. They ever do a you Wilford Brimley bio?
1: If he, they ever do a, br- a Brimley uh, biopic, I think this is, the,
0: this is our guy. <laughs> you ever get diabetes they, in yeah, your he mustache?
3: Was journalist <laughs> and he was always complaining. You got to understand the hub is a small paper. We need morale. Harry didn't have it. You didn't, Harry. Well, Mr. Holt, don't address the plaintiff. I've been addressing him for nine years, Judge. Well, we don't do that in here. That strikes me as silly. People should go face-to-face with problems. I went straight to him and told him to shave his neck. Didn't I, Harry? Mustache to mustache. Sorry. (laughs) Look, like I was saying. He's just chewing that scenery right up. And everybody's got to pull loads for each other. Even sell ad space. In fact, that may be our biggest job. We don't sell ad space, we don't get to sell papers. And the plaintiff
5: wasn't selling advertising space. Who would buy anything from him?
3: Hair coming out of his collar, climbing up his neck like a vine? He looks like a monkey. Uh, Did you (laughs) leave bananas on his desk, sir? Of course not. And I didn't encourage it. And what he didn't tell this court is after he'd get all hurt by these bananas, He'd eat them. Move to strike. Ah! <laughs> he started turning into this negative person. I can't keep hearing complaints from somebody with a hairy neck.
5: Objection. Sustained. <laughs> Why don't we take our break?
11: You admit it? Lindsay, what's the big deal? The big deal? The big <laughs> deal?
1: Although, uh, we'll talk about it later. The cutting between these two things, maybe he thinks he's, he's keeping it light by ha- c- keep continually introducing the monkey and the, and the bananas, but it's just incongruent.
0: Uh, yeah, wait for it.
4: You drugged me. You slipped an illegal drug into my wine without telling me. You then sleep with me while I'm under the influence. The big deal is called rape.
11: First of all, it was such a minimal dosage.
4: Minimal? You can't regulate it with any aspirate. Second
11: of all, I've always drugged you one way or another, and you've always known about it without wanting to know about it, so let's not pretend. What are you talking Wow, what? dude. What? Wow. About. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Have you just said I didn't. Have you ever known anyone more uptight about sex than you? That's
4: not the point.
11: No, the point is you liked it when I slipped a little something in the brownies. You, you, you were glad when I didn't You're tell you about are talking about it. stuff
4: if, that went on in college I and has nothing to do with it. I am talking
11: about you being incapable of enjoying sex without something to take away your inhibitions. I'm talking about how we both know you loved it more the night of and felt less guilty the day after if you could pretend you didn't
4: know I was loosening you up. Wine is one thing. Last night you slipped me an illegal drug.
11: (sighs) Okay, the the stuff might have been stronger. If so, I apologize. But I didn't do anything we didn't do before.
0: And you know that. Uh, no. Stop. Stop. Alright, hold on. And they don't make this point enough in the episode, right? So he's equating this to like them drinking wine before, right? And the difference is there is she didn't know she was taking it when she know when she's eating a pot brownie, and she knows there's pot in it she's dr- she's drinking wine, whatever, then she's making an in- an informed decision to to take something that is going to influence your decision making. And up to a point beyond you know, until you become incapacitated by that, I understand. But this is not that situation at all.
1: You know, to be honest, Keith, and I don't want to go too far down this road. And it's difficult because as you know, we both kid we kid a lot. And so it's hard when we get to serious issues to not like have a wink and a nod. So I'm as as serious as I can be here as the as a uncle to many women and to have dated and love who love many women. But here's the thing even on dates or in situations where i've been with someone and we have both knowingly been indulging in alcohol and or other substances knowingly and i'm still very 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 always well it's different now that i'm married but um skeptical and very very overly cautious Anytime there's inebriation involved and some sort of consent, you know what I mean? Of course. Even if you know we're drinking wine or we're smoking weed or whatever is happening and you want to sleep with me after that, I get really weird about it because you just don't, nobody can make rational consenting decisions when they're intoxicated, whether they know about it or not. Right. No,
6: exactly. And when you described yourself in your ad as someone eager yeah, to we'll discover life it. beneath the surface, what did you mean?
1: I think it's pretty obvious what that means. So when we spoke I also don't know that you can depose someone you're suing.
6: on oh. the phone of my first We're back in Eleanor's about story. about kids. That was you trying yeah, to that was a weird It's a weird segment on the surface. <laughs> I suppose. Do you recall telling me that you'd never felt so comfortable talking to a man as you felt with me?
5: I may have said that.
6: And when we spoke on the phone, didn't we mutually share our respective hurt at being rejected on physical appearance alone?
1: We talked about a lot of stuff, George. I and didn't what... we talk about that? Didn't I write to you yes. pick for a pick?
6: And yet, as soon as you <laughs> saw me, you became uninterested.
1: I just didn't think things would work out.
0: None of this is relevant. What? This this should not be moving forward. This is ridiculous. I just didn't think so. Look at that extra who's playing
1: this not not? stenographer behind him. She's <laughs> like asleep.
6: acid. Was it because I'm losing my hair? Don't have the physique? Bad skin? It's
1: not just physical appearance, George. It was. I don't know. It was demeanor as well.
6: Demeanor? What was my demeanor?
1: I mean, this is ridiculous. Uh, Utterly! It didn't attract me. That's all I can
7: say.
6: One of the things that attracted me to you was your incredible ability to articulate
1: what you think and feel. So what was it about my demeanor? You're clearly an asshole. That's- that's the answer there, buddy. You're a prick.
0: You have proven yourself to be creepy. You
1: struck me as...
0: A douchebag who would sue someone.
1: As kind of a loser. (laughs) You got fucking Jimmy to the hilt, brother!
0: A loser. You fucking asked for it.
7: All that self-deprecating charm on the phone. In person, it just wasn't that charming. Oh, she's
0: singing the song of my single days,
4: even a little pathetic
0: Been there, buddy You
1: You guys have you guys could be brothers
0: (laughs) And you think that you deserved
6: better
4: I never said that
6: Why don't you say it Please
4: Okay I wanted more I didn't want to play the fat girl by the punch bowl who leaves with the nerd
1: a girl break up with me once and she's like, You'll never be enough for me.
0: I was like, Well Fair enough. Okay, I guess. <laughs> okay, and well, I mean, I, I it seems not to be not nice to be breaking up based on anatomy, but whatever. Wanted more blood. <laughs> I walked right into that. Sorry. Yeah, you sure did.
12: <laughs> it seems we have two options.
7: Reopen the case. It won't help. Look, we always knew she couldn't have done it alone. We had two theories. Either he did it, or they did it together. We were kind of hoping if he had acted solo, she would have turned state's evidence. I still think they did it together. They didn't. Can you prove that? We could stipulate to the polygraph. Oh, right.
8: Keith, I got nothing vested here. My guy's free. She wasn't in on it. The jury says she was. Come
1: on. I mean, that seems... What, that guy's just moving on? His, his client's... Innocent.
0: Well, no, he's the he's the prosecutor. Oh, right. What are we doing here? Okay.
7: Look, I'll consider, and I mean consider here. We can bring federal criminal claims, plus perjury. He agrees to plead guilty to both. No double jeopardy challenges from you 30 years. He won't do that. He's not going to jail. Well, then we have nothing to talk about, Bobby. I'm not letting them both go free. This is a solved and closed case, and I'm very happy to keep it that way.
1: I will say this, <clears throat> on Bobby's side, if you're going to take such a big swing, even though everybody's calling it this a stunt, but if you're going to take such a big swing, you can't then just go try to undo it. You kind of have to live with where the chips
0: fall, no? Well, I mean, he didn't know that his client had done it. So, like, he's, I I, I get it. I mean, he he accomplished his task of getting his guy off, but now he still cares about justice and he, like just as a, at a, on a personal level, unrelated to his actions previous to the case, he just happens to know that an innocent woman is going to go to jail. Yeah, well, That makes sense.
1: Lara Kent walked out the office and nobody seemed to try to relitigate that. Although something tells me we're going to see him again.
0: You don't know. Your Honor? I'm
12: afraid I have to agree with the district attorney here. Without new and conclusively exculpatory evidence, there are no grounds to reopen. Her conviction has to stand.
9: We do nothing then.
12: We proceed to sentencing.
9: Mr. Holt, you think it's okay to fire somebody just cause the way they
3: look? I do. Looks alone, period. Well, I wouldn't fire somebody because of the color of their skin, if that's what you're thinking. But for looking like a monkey, absolutely.
1: Oh man, I don't even want to touch it.
9: One can't be a successful film critic if he's not attractive. What about Gene Shalit?
0: <laughs> I know say
9: Oh, what a what an indirect burn to Gene Shalit.
0: Well, I mean, this whole they're they're going to talk about it more, but I think David E. Kelly got some bad reviews before he wrote this episode. Say mm. that. Or his
3: buddies. Shalit is an exception. He's always saying insipid things. What comes mm. out of his mouth goes with looking like a monkey.
9: Isn't it true, sir, you f***ing... Or they're not friends at all. (laughs) I had
3: another employee for uh, being too fat, Sandra Boyd. I don't have a problem with fat, but with Sandra, she wore sleeveless dresses. So whenever she would reach up or wave, this part would wiggle (laughs) for a full minute. I found it distracting.
9: And uh, Wayne... That lady was about to laugh at extra. (laughs) She sure was.
3: I'm not proud of it, but for whatever reason, I get nervous around him.
9: You also f- find. Wait, back that up. Right, no, I don't think we heard that. Having donut all right.
5: With. I try to <laughs> diet. She comes in smelling so like.
1: Fr- insane. He said something about midgets there.
3: Yeah. Little people dags. It, but We've already addressed reason, this. I get nervous around them. Well, let's try wait, again. one more. I could wiggle for a full minute. I found it there distracting. It is.
9: And uh, Wayne Kepler?
3: Midget. I'm afraid of him. scared of midgets? <laughs> I'm not proud of it, but for whatever reason, I get nervous around them
9: oh god you also fired Kim Arendt for uh, having donut breath I
3: try to diet she comes in
1: my sister made me watch this show called Little Women LA so it's basically it's housewives but with little people right Mm -hmm. it's uh
3: (laughs) it's something smelling like i it's bad for my discipline I can't tell whether I'm winning or losing here look there's a reason for all this what's that sir it's my paper. One of the reasons I hustled up investors to start my own company is so it could be mine, so I could choose the people I wanted to be around. Doesn't work that way, buddy. I could have gone to work someplace else and gone well, by other people. But here's the rules. question, though,
0: because I, I would, I'd love to know what the actual laws are here, in terms of discriminating based on arbitrary physical characteristics beyond race and gender, because. Uh, we work in a business where that is what you do every day. You know, in the, in the arts, I mean, your physical type determines what jobs you can have and what jobs you can't have. And, you know, that's, and, you know, as a, as an industry, we're working very hard to no longer be beholden to race and gender on that, but certainly physical type. I I was talking to a couple of buddies of mine about how they cast Jean Valjean and Les Mis these days. And those of us who are right for the part and can sing it and do it well and probably would have had a chance to be cast back in the 80's and 90s, but maybe look like friendly bus drivers, like they don't cast uh, they don't cast Valjean like that anymore. Now they, uh, they've, they've set precedent that Valjean now needs to be fuckable. And it's, uh, it's, it's a real problem for those of us chubby tenors.
1: Now, I would also say that, you know, just like on a cruise line or on a lot of shows in the chorus line, if you put on some pounds or that you have a weigh-in every week, you know, things like that still happen. But there's a difference here, and the hair I would split is that when you're hired, you know, there, you're given stipulations, right? You're given a contract. You have to maintain X, Y, Z, or sure. you could be let go. In this case, this guy hired all these people. Once you hire someone, like, when you're hiring someone, you can keep all of your biases inside and, and can't really challenge a lot of that, why someone was hired or not hired. But why you fire someone, that's when discrimination comes in. Because it's...
0: Well, I mean, it's still discrimination, but there's not much we can do about it if it's internal.
1: Well, that's what I'm talking C- about. I mean, we could talk morally whether things are right or wrong, but I'm talking about legally, right. it's a finer hair to split Uh, in the front. You know what I mean? Like, once somebody's hired... The monkey hair, the monkey hair, the jiggly fat, the the little people. You know, it's a little the donut breath. This guy has a whole
0: list. He's <laughs> got has got a big list. Yeah, well, it's it, yeah. He looked so like a monkey when he got hired. Started
3: my own business. And
0: You'll now play Valjean, Betty. You're, Val down, buddy. Who I you're fuckable enough. Who
3: I can't fire. Oh, thanks. I'm trying to say
9: you can't discriminate against people on account of looks alone.
3: Oh, please! That kind of discrimination goes on all the time. The only difference here is I admit it. Harry is a negative guy who looks like an ape. And I don't want him working for my company. Amen. <laughs> There's a juror over there. I won't say which one who looks like a possum. I wouldn't hire him either. I'm uh, terribly sorry, but I really think it's time for another break.
4: So what are you going to do? What can I do? Like,
0: file Sue charges? Him. Yes, you file charges. Does
4: this drug knock you out? It could, but it didn't. It just... Kind of made me giddy and incredibly...
1: Enthusiastic. 20.
4: Yeah. Lindsay, how do you go about proving that you wouldn't have consented? I mean, you have with this guy before. There were rumors flying no. around
0: about scratches
4: on the conference table. But I know I wouldn't have this time. Whoa,
0: okay, hold on. Ha- Rebecca D. Cricket, who is supposed to be our moral conscience, just slut-shamed her, added... Moral equivalency. Ugh. Keep going.
4: I think the lemon pledged the conference table. Trust me. I've made up my mind never to be anything but platonic with him again. Then why'd you go out with him? Drink. Wine. Rebecca! I'm just asking questions that are definitely going to get asked. There are rape shield laws in Massachusetts. They can't attack me. Lindsay, this morning, over the toilet bowl, you told me you enjoyed it. Yeah, but it was only because of the drug. Mm -hmm. I know myself, Rebecca. I'm not capable of good sex
0: my God. Okay. So allow me to read you the notes I wrote for that interaction. Uh, This is not aging well. Written by men. Oh, my God. This is a terrible scene. Embarrassing. (laughs) Uh,
1: It would would be helpful if any of the seven names attached to this episode were feminine.
0: Yeah. They're not. Jesus Christ, this is
1: like... Did you
4: tell him how good it was?
1: (sighs) Now are Lindsay's uh, actions here good acting or are they in response to the script? Maybe.
0: (laughs) Being forced to say this on national television.
8: You told the DA, gentlemen's agreement, it stays sealed. Maybe I should just come out in public wouldn't that put some political pressure on them to let her go? No. Doug, you don't rank too high in the credibility polls right now. You lied on the stand. They'll just think you're lying now. The polygraph is inadmissible. Why would I say I did it? What would be my motive?
1: To get your girlfriend to out of your prison? Girlfriend,
8: to get the money, which right now you don't get. Okay, so here's,
0: here's my question about this, and this never gets addressed. So he says he killed the guy, right? And he died because they put second All in his wine. Uh, and that's what killed him. Okay, so I get that part. And I get that the guy had to carry him to the bathtub to make it look like a suicide. So the guy had to be involved. But if it's just him, how did he get second All into the wine of this guy? How did he get into his house, drug his wine? Because like, if the wife isn't involved... Like I'm just going to allow the guy who's sleeping with my wife into my home and share some wine with him? Like where would how would he have opportunity?
1: Well, if he's to bang- do this? if he's banging the wife, he's in the house a lot, right? He could just put it in the wine.
0: But how do you do like but but, but talk me through this. Like so all right, so, so let's say he has a key, right? So he goes in there.
1: No, I'm saying that she could have been there. Right? Like, oh, hey, do you, oh, I don't drink wine. Oh, whose wine is it? Oh, it's my husband's. Okay. Well, this one's open. I'm going to put some poison in here.
0: I suppose, but how would he, how would he be sure that his mistress wouldn't drink it? I mean, like, it, that's yeah. like if you're just like putting poison in the home, cause it, cause it sounds like it was like mixed in the wine glass. I don't know. I, I, I'm just like, It feels like a piece of this story that the writer's room kind of got lazy on and and didn't bother to think through how he actually committed the murder.
1: Yeah, it seems like it wasn't going to initially be be to-be-continued, and then they're like, I I don't think we can leave that there.
0: Well, I had the same same question at the end of the the last episode. Insurance, proceeds, and the
8: inheritance, which is millions of dollars, money you get to play with if you stay together. You think she'd stay with me after learning what I did? Look, you can do whatever you choose to do. As your lawyer, let me give you this piece of legal advice. A public confession does not help Mary Jane. I do think it exposes you to federal criminal claims.
1: You want some actual advice? Get on a goddamn plane to Acapulco and stay there.
8: As well as perjury. She'd still be going to jail. And so would you. Hi, Andrea. Hi. What's going on? What do you mean?
4: There's rumors of ex-party meetings, you, Pratt, the judge. What's going on?
1: Let's not forget in all of this that Bobby gave up a hot piece in order to get this murderer off.
8: <laughs>
1: I, um... I How's that inappropriate?
8: ...and told her how I really <laughs> did ambush her at the trial and that she and Pratt should consider giving... Mary Jane a new trial, but they refused.
4: Why didn't you bring me in on this?
8: Uh, anything you said would have been self-serving. I thought I could be more persuasive alone. Andrea, does Mary Jane, does
0: does she think I turned on her?
4: No, she knows it was him.
0: Damn. She's
1: not taking this well.
0: Well, her innocent client is going to prison, it's gone well. and Bobby's guilty. Right. Well, what what? Well, he, he, he was saying what I wanted. I,
9: I, I couldn't tell if I was getting him or he Look, they're outside him.
0: in the city, so There's there has to be steam. What, what's nice? Well, Harry's been. They're also wearing coats and day day what's you Very clearly, now?
9: very very well, hot I weather. I do this. It's okay. <laughs> Jimmy, this uh, this case should be kind of a slam dunk, you
1: know. I'm doing fine, Bobby. Okay. Now, do you think that that like? steam in the foreground is to mask the fact that they don't have any breath steam because it's not cold outside
0: i i I mean possibly but i also i i think i mentioned it earlier like there's this weird trope that anytime you have a a city scene that there has to be steam coming out of a grate constantly everywhere someone's gonna be flagging
1: a cab right
0: Every block, yeah, exactly, but like every block has steam pouring out from under the street.
1: Though I will say that one of the things that always makes me feel like I'm back in the city is when I smell one of those nasty steam vents, because that steam has a very distinctly New York smell.
0: It sure does. It just doesn't happen every 30 feet, 24-7 in a city. (laughs) Touche.
7: Mr. Papp, you weren't a negative person? I had my gripes like everybody else, but it's not like I walked around oozing pessimism.
5: And how would you describe your journalistic skills? i describe them as good. And did the other reporters at the Hub appreciate your skills?
7: Look, everybody knows the discrimination that goes on against the film critic. Why don't you fill us in on that, Mr. Papp? They don't think we're real journalists. They're jealous because we get to interview celebrities.
5: In fact, the other reporters at your paper object to you even being called a journalist. Isn't that right?
7: So what? You think Tom Brokaw invites Janet Maslin to his parties? Or Gene Siskel? They're all considered jokes. This doesn't bother us. We know in our hearts, if we weren't there, the general public wouldn't be able to decide whether they liked the movie or not.
0: Oh, but it does bother (laughs) you to know that you're kind of- Sorry you got a bad review, David, Jesus. I don't
9: see the relevance in this.
5: I am trying to show that this is an embittered man who only finds gratification in attacking others. That is why he is attacking my client today. He fired me for looking like a monkey. For looking like a brooding (laughs) monkey who was casting a negative pall over the entire office. This wasn't
3: ever
9: said. (laughs) I'll say it now.
5: Mr. Holt. you're not on the stand, (laughs) sir. (laughs) Please remain seated and quiet.
1: Have you been this is on border, other jobs, borderline on Mr. farce Bass. right now.
5: I will.
7: Seriously. It's too painful right now.
5: Hmm. Prior to your discharge, didn't my client repeatedly ask you to shave the hair on your neck and to trim the fuzz coming out of your ears? I did sometimes.
1: Although it's interesting that on the night this aired, I was listening to a band sing a song called Winona's Big Brown Beaver.
5: Times, but sure. he wasn't giving grooming tips to the other reporters. The fact is that you were too lazy to comply with these requests. Isn't that the truth, Mr. Pat? Objection. That's a legal conclusion. No, it isn't. But I'll sustain the objection anyway. Well, on what grounds? I just ruled in your favor, counsel. <sighs> I have here a <sighs> last you dummy. review prior to your discharge. So it's this is like dummy Jimmy, not Dr. clever Monroe. Jimmy. Did you write this review? I did. Could you please read it for the court?
0: Monkey hands
5: It stinks Would you consider that a lazy
0: review? The irony there is that we didn't hear it It's a review of the island of Dr. Moreau You want to repeat that?
4: You heard me, Chris. Resign from the DA's office, or I file charges.
11: Whatever drug you're on now, Lindsay, it didn't come from me.
4: If this file came across your desk, you'd prosecute. Hey, hey, maybe I exercise poor judgment. Poor judgment? Is that what you
11: call... No, this was consensual. I didn't have the capacity to give consent. I was under the influence. You had capacity. You
4: initiated... Because of the drug!
11: (sighs) Lindsay, think about this.
4: I have thought about it all night, and I can't live with letting you get away with it.
11: I will not resign my job. And if you file charges, I'll fight. And I'll use anything I can. I don't want to ruin your reputation, Lindsay, but I will not let you ruin mine. I'll do
0: whatever it takes. Guy seems lovely.
1: Seems the kind of guy who would roofie someone.
10: Yeah, yeah. Mr. Vogelman, how many personals had you responded to prior to Miss Fretz? Around five or six. And based upon your experience, is it your expectation that whatever you read in a personal is going to be accurate? I hope so. And when you and Miss Frutt met, did she seem to live up to whatever expectations you had? Actually, she exceeded them at first. So you formed a subsequent opinion based on your meeting her personally? Well, I suppose I did. And yet you don't feel Miss Frutt was free to form a subsequent opinion? Not on sight, no. You would consider it unusual for a person to be rejected on sight? I was expressly led to believe that she wouldn't. Have you been rejected on sight before, Mr. Volkerman? Many, many, many times. Did you take these women to court?
1: He's not that unfortunate-looking. No, he's a perfectly good-looking dude! No, I mean, let's not stretch it, Keith. This woman is like, not false
10: representations. Like... Ah, so you weren't hurt by the rejection. You were hurt by her representations. You're doing a tricky lawyer thing now. I'm just trying to get at the root of your pain and suffering. Other women have rejected you who you didn't sue, Miss Fret you do sue. Was it just because she ran an ad, or were you somehow hurt more here? Both. Okay. And why did Miss Frett's rejection hurt more? I won't be subjected to tricky lawyer questions. There's nothing tricky about this, Mr. Vogelman. You filed a lawsuit here over a broken date. I'm asking you, why did this hurt more than the other times you've been rejected?
6: First, I was set up for a bigger fall. She led me to believe she wasn't like the others. And second, is there a second? Second, she's not like the others.
10: How so? I plead the fifth. You can't do that at a civil deposition, sir. How is she not like the other women who have rejected you? She's not pretty.
0: Okay. Ah, uh, uh, This is another... Great moment in men writing for women and the treatment of women in this show. Thank you, David, and the committee of 500 people. I don't often find myself utterly speechless. Like, th- Like, how would you... I mean, first off, Karen Mannheim is pretty. Second off... Why would you do this? She's to, pretty beautiful, I'd say. She'd be, like, why would you do this to your actress? Why would you do this to anybody? I'm going to gif her, though, because
1: I feel like her face accurately portrays my feelings on this episode thus far.
0: Like, ugh, just, this is just not, this is just no, uh, boo.
1: The, spa- <laughs> the spare tires are proverbially falling off.
0: <laughs> they truly are. They've rolled into the woods. I mean, she is to me
6: but not in a conventional. When attractive women say no, I guess I've been able to rationalize that they either have a boyfriend or at least lots of choices. With you. I knew for a fact that you had no other choices.
0: God damn. Jesus.
1: Although. Okay. So basically it's just, she called him ugly and a loser. He's calling her ugly but my question now is, at this point, we've gone to court, we've had two depositions. He was deposed, and now she's being deposed, or she was deposed, now he's being deposed. How much money has this cost collectively?
0: Right, it's cost everyone a ton of money. Ugh, just a mess. Uh, like, and, and the fact that we're even here, this, th- there's no way this would ever go to a deposition. That,
1: that judge would never throw it to a deposition. No. And we've spent literally zero time in a courtroom. We are more than halfway through this episode. No time in the courtroom discussing rape. The courtroom right. has been explicitly served for the monkey guy and these stupid depositions on ugliness. That's right.
6: You led me to believe you were somewhat desperate. Then upon one look at me, you evidently said to your...
1: Now, don't get me wrong. This guy's given you everything he's got as an actor. I mean, he's trying.
0: Oh, and, well, and Cameron like is giving us fantastic yourself acting. not that desperate. Although I wonder if it's Cameron being Imagine. hurt by the storyline, as opposed to the like character to be being hurt. You
1: can't tell me that's not in there somewhere. Jesus. I mean, she can. She, she's she deserves a- to die. Acting the shit out of it. I realize. Of course she is. That Massachusetts doesn't have the death penalty, Your Honor, but I
6: feel that she would warrant it for what she did to my brother.
1: Mm, no.
6: It wasn't enough that she disgraced and devastated him with an extramarital affair. Afraid of losing money, she poisoned him. This is a man who never hurt anybody.
1: This I would say is the interesting part of this case, right, the sentencing hearing. Forget all the like backstage, how can we get them off? But like, if you know, if the court knows and the lawyers know that this person didn't commit the crime and they're up for the death penalty,
0: there's no way that can proceed, right?
6: who never treated her with anything
0: tough but love i mean their hands are tied a little bit
6: and kindness he would probably even find some way to forgive her but i can't
12: you murdered a wonderful man Please address your remarks to me mrs clark i would ask that you punish this woman in a manner commensurate with her crime Mmm. Mr. Pratt, anybody
4: else?
1: No, Your Honor. Judge Zoe Hiller.
4: Your Honor, I would only say that my client maintains her innocence of this crime. Yes, well, for this proceeding,
12: I must presume her guilt.
4: I understand. I would only add that the crime for which she was convicted, though not technically one of passion, was one the state claims to be motivated by passion. She has no previous record. I would also ask your honor to take into account the circumstantial nature of the prosecution's case in sentencing. Thank you.
12: All right, I'll take this under. Your adv- Honor, I'm an attorney
8: of record on this case, and I'd like to make a brief statement.
4: Oh, Bobby! I'm not interested in any statement, Attorney Donald has to make? I'm not
8: make. interested in directing my statement to you.
1: I mean, Bobby, you can't just go around doing whatever the fuck you want whenever the fuck you want then again, perhaps you can. Apparently you can. My name is Bobby Big Suit Donald, and I would like to... (laughs) I've slept with everyone in the world.
8: We all have roles to play in this process. My role was, and still is, to protect that man sitting right there. Your role is to evaluate all the evidence. All the circumstances surrounding the evidence and all the facts that you may find to mitigate this matter.
12: I know what my role is, counsel. Thank you. I would ask that,
8: Your Honor, when you take this under advisement, that you let yourself be guided, not only by the law, but by your wisdom.
1: Shut the fuck up, Bobby. I'm sorry. but well, She's not an idiot. She's got it. She got it. To get, well, I what, mean, what is you standing up and like flashing your baby blues going to change at this point? You just met her in the back chambers.
0: Well, and besides which, like her job, like nothing that he is saying is relevant to what her job is and the constraints of her job.
1: Yeah, your job is over, Bobby. So sit the fuck down.
8: And your conscience. As you've said many times, you're the one who gets to wear the robe.
1: But I'm the one who gets to take you out I of that robe.
0: Ask that you wear it proudly. I, like I wear my giant suits.
1: So basically, he just guilted her in front of a whole courtroom? Sure did.
0: He loves guilting her.
1: By the way, Cameron's in my lead running for uh, actress of the show with that tear.
9: Where does it end? Oh. You fire somebody because he's fat, or little, or because of a toupee, or because he looks like a monkey? It's shameful. It's not a decent way to treat people. There's an implied covenant of good faith in every contract, ladies and gentlemen. There's an implied agreement. You perform your job, you do good work, you don't get fired for looking funny. This man gave himself to that newspaper for nine years, then he's suddenly cut loose, because his boss doesn't feel like seeing his face. It's mean, it's unfair. Harry Papp deserved better. Where does it end?
5: Where does it end? Well, it begins and ends with the law. The law says you cannot discriminate on skin color or gender or ethnicity or handicaps, but it provides no special protection to people who look like monkeys. Now, of course, There is an implied covenant of fairness, but please, one rule of fairness must be that if a man takes the personal and financial risks to start his own company, he must be allowed to control that company. And if he wants to cater to his personal aesthetic taste, he should be allowed to. It is his company. And let's remember, it wasn't just that Mr. Pap looks like a monkey, he was an unhappy monkey, which made the hub a less fun place to work. And there are other reporters and workers at the Hub, too. What about them? And by his own admission, Mr. Pap wasn't terrible. Yeah, I mean, you
1: sort of have to prove that it was explicitly the discrimination, right? And not the other factors.
0: I I think that's what's messy about this case that we've been trying, because, like... (sighs) Is, is this lawsuit truly about having been fired because you look like a monkey, or is this just about having just cause, and therefore all of the other things that the boss is bringing in play into it? It's, just, it's a little murky, like what we're actually arguing here.
1: Yeah, usually they do a better job of laying out the legal basis of these things, but this this one has been sort of...
0: Right, it's like we're it's it's like an argument of whether the boss was shitty. Well obviously he was shitty. Yeah. But I don't know what the actual legal yeah, exactly. I don't know what the actual yeah, It almost
1: feels is. like six or seven people all writing on top of each other. Oh, Wasn't popular almost. among
5: his co-workers and not like to a, make a clown too car of straight white men business, <laughs> But let's consider the job he does. Well, truth be told, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't walk planks, he doesn't take risks, he just sits back and watches. Watches what?
1: They also muddy it by making him a, a film critic and trying to make some sort of statement about critics and are the right, journalists right? It's like
0: you're also shitting on critics. Yes. Other people Bird. do, and then gives his opinion. I mean, is
5: it any wonder that Harry Papp has grown to be so embittered? He goes to the movies and writes about whether he likes it or not. That is his sounds life. pretty awesome work. How could he not end up embittered? How could he not feel that his life is a big waste? Jesus Christ! Now, <laughs> see again—they're they're just Papad taking swings at man. critics. But he's angry. We have to figure out angry what that his
0: is Kelly had just what movie Kelly, Kelly had just tried to put out that got murdered by anybody, this and episode he's happened.
5: to take it out on Mr. Holt, and he is lazy, he has shown almost zero initiative, harbors no ambition to be anything other than a watcher, and on top of all of That's that- That's his
0: job! Ladies and gentlemen of the- <laughs> This is a terrible- He has no ambition other than to do his job. Not only
1: is this a terrible close, but it's like they're just letting him go. It's We're going on two minutes of this
5: shit. The jury. Yeah? He looks like a monkey.
1: Jesus. Ah, oh, Blossom's back.
3: Hey?
1: Lindsay's very
0: conflicted hey. here. You okay? No, she's not. Sure. The writer's trying to make ambiguous an unambiguous situation is.
1: Yeah, you know, like, she's, uh, she's given so much shit to various people morally and yet, Lindsay, her good buddy, has been raped, and she's trying to. She talked her out of,
0: yeah, uh, and slut shamed her.
4: I went to the police. I was going to report him. I was, but I. I mean, what good? I didn't. He go would in. go to jail. I just drove there, but uh, I was going to go in. Almost
1: certainly, be disbarred at what the very thing? least.
4: I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm
1: fine. Sucks for her because last episode, she basically was completely sexually, uh, um, I don't want to say abused. Harassed. Harassed, (laughs) yeah. Sexually harassed by Jimmy. And in this episode, she's actually sexually abused and uh, no recourse in either way. Double sexually harassed, because I put her on my hall pass, so now I feel bad about it. No, that wasn't her, but she's on, too, let's be honest.
0: Don't worry, another outdoor scene, there's going to be lots of steam. I was on
6: my way up to see you. I've decided to drop the lawsuit.
0: Oh,
1: shocker! I just really wanted to get you in a room and tell you that I thought you were ugly, on tape.
4: Yeah. Oh, really? That's...
7: I think I was just needing
6: to, I guess, strike back.
4: I'm
1: sorry I hurt you like that. It cost us both a $10,000 retainer.
6: I wish you well in life, Eleanor.
3: Thank you. I wish
4: you well too, George.
1: You guys should make out. Is that it? That's it. That's it.
10: All rise.
1: Be seated. All right, so this here's the, Linda Hunt's verdict. This is a big resolution here.
0: For sentencing.
1: Two episodes for the, of this case. So here we go.
12: The crime of murder certainly speaks for itself. That it was motivated by love for another man is hardly a mitigating factor that it was motivated by greed doesn't occasion me to be more compassionate either. It is the order of this court that Mary Jane Wiggins be sentenced to a life term with no possibility of parole at the Framingham Correctional Facility.
0: Wow. Wow, indeed. Was it
1: not, not an option for her to recuse herself? At that point, like since she had conflicting evidence, like morally, isn't she?
0: I, I I don't think you recuse yourself because of conflicting evidence. You recuse yourself if you personally have a conflict.
1: Well, your buddy Bobby got up and gives you sl- and shames you in front of the whole courtroom. That's
0: yeah, but it's not it's, it's not it's related to the friend. evidence of the case. It didn't make any sense, but you know what I mean.
1: But she could appeal, I would just appeal, you appeal your, your, the verdict. obviously, yeah. I still don't think it's Bobby's fault.
11: She doesn't want any visitors to tell you. how the hell do you live with
1: yourself? Oh, get the fuck over yourself, Bobby. I'm so sick of this shit.
12: Get out of here. I'm
2: saying what I came to say.
12: I'll have you arrested. Go Bobby. ahead
2: and do it. And as soon as I get out, I'll be right back.
12: Go close the door behind you. I'm so first. sick of this
1: equivocation.
12: I don't get to consider up there that she might be innocent. By law, I accept the jury's verdict and the sentencing was statutory. Yeah,
1: yes. The law has rules. I follow them, Bobby, because you get to be flexible with yours does not mean I won't. Somebody's got to keep this shit together. I have some discretion as the judge. No, I didn't. Why even listen to arguments? You could have set
2: aside the verdict, reduced it to murder, too. The judge can always find a way.
12: It's not that simple. When are you going to see that? We don't get to make up the rules as we go along, Bobby. The law is meaningless if it isn't consistent in its application.
2: You stood in this room last week and you called me lost. You just gave life with no parole to a person you know could be innocent. That is every case. Every case. If you are so myopic over the black letter law that you can't even see what you're doing, then you are the most lost person I know. Get out! You know what I think? You just you just clutch at the idea you gotta follow the law without exception because that is the only way you can survive.
11: If you don't leave now, I The only way have... that
2: you can live with knowing you put a killer back on the street who then murdered a four-year-old child.
0: And how oh. do you survive? Enough with the fucking guilt trip. You were his defendant. Defending. Meanwhile... John Larroquette's out there laughing,
1: going on television, because he played you like a fucking fiddle, Bobby. So let's get off that high horse, which is very high if you're Miss Hunt here, because she's very short and (laughs) and looks a little bit like a monkey. No, I'm kidding.
0: (laughs)
12: Bobby, you helped put that man back on the street. Your bread and butter is helping criminals walk. How do you survive? I'll tell you, you do your job. You do your job. You do your job.
1: Make out, make out.
0: Your granddaughter know your job. Dude, you are so out of line.
1: I had just started liking Bobby again.
8: take him away a lot of times we're trapped this was one we could have fixed
1: uh, no it's not appeal the uh, decision
0: it's just the, the that was bananas it's bananas it was a good scene it's a
1: great scene the acting is great and the scene is great but it's like it was it was ham-fisted you know what i mean
0: is it a good? Well, sign it's, that it's also it's, retreading ground that, like Bobby, has already laid that specific guilt trip on her like three times.
1: It's just the mud, the water's so muddy that you just can't see through to the point they're trying to make.
9: They came back this quick. Uh, it's a very it's also not making new we, points, we win, but not if we lose. That was helpful.
7: It's important what I'm doing, you know. He was wrong. I understand. Am I sweating? We're cultural watchdogs. We do important work.
5: Members of the jury, you've uh, reached the verdict?
2: We have, your honor. What say you? On the matter of Pat versus Hub news, we find for the plaintiff and order the defendant to pay compensatory damages in the amount of $82,000. Jimmy
1: gets oh. a win! <laughs>
5: I, I think won. he just jizzed in his pants, too. He sure did. And we both won. Members of the jury, this We might have to get that. The court extends its thanks for your commitment. Oh, definitely.
9: And, Your Honor, I, too, would like to take this opportunity to thank the jury, which I feel demonstrated a considerable excellence in a forthwith manner. Thank them in the hall. We're done in here. <laughs>
11: <laughs> Lindsay, what's going on? Oh, I went Jesus. to the police
4: station to file charges. What? Oh, I didn't do it. And know you could never be convicted. And you know, I also, a you know, part of me didn't want your whole career ruined over one stupid mistake, and it would be ruined. You know, possession oh of the drug alone, but, but the thought of you getting away with it all smug, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't live with that either. Have you been it, drinking? No, this is the way rape victims get, Chris. And I'm sitting there in my car, outside the police station, thinking he should at least limp over this a little. Maybe, maybe he shouldn't lose his job, but you should at least limp. That's why I came over to shoot you in the leg. I'll say it went off by accident.
0: She has a gun. crazy?
4: Yeah. (laughs) And it feels good. See, you could file charges, but then the truth would come out and you'd probably get in more trouble than me. It would be in your best professional interest to agree with me that the gun went off by accident. Lindsay. Don't! Truth is, I have been drinking and I might vomit any second, so I better get this over with.
1: Oh, make sure you put a little joke in there.
4: Would you prefer the right leg or the left? Lindsay Or the head
11: This isn't you
4: Sure it is I just needed to shed some of my inhibitions
1: this She's isn't acting, it. isn't she?
4: Right leg or left, or should I choose? Lindsay, you will end up in jail! i counting Don't. to three! One! Lindsay!
11: Two! My
4: God! Three! The left! That's batshit! <laughs> just kidding. Sue
5: Where'd he come from? Oh, by the way, you wet your pants. Everybody okay in here? He loved
11: it.
0: I wish you could see our Practical faces joke. right now.
11: Er- everything's fine.
9: Just a joke. It was gratifying that they came back quick, you know? My first victory <laughs> with a jury.
0: We'll get into it, don't worry.
9: I had to wait. I don't know that I'm prepared. to come back. Congratulations, Jimmy. And uh, here's to you, too, Eleanor. I heard Dr. Bunyan dropped his lawsuit. Yep. Hey, it was a good month for everybody. Bobby got the big NG. How was your weeklings?
4: Oh, same old. Great. More Great. the
1: well, happy times. I fake shot somebody who, who raped me a few nights ago. Yeah.
0: And that's just Because I wasn't going to press charges because I didn't want to hurt his career. But at least you got the monkey guy off
1: you got him eighty two thousand dollars <laughs> hey,
9: i was nervous i think the defendant blew it though when he called one of the jurors a possum you can't predict how things are gonna go <laughs> but uh, insinuating that one of the jurors is a member of the Roden family it's not an accepted tactic i pay funny times is a high. people don't think oh the that's sin floor is a high? they don't know they can't know
0: And we finish with Linda Hunt making more paper dolls.
1: You think she read that in the script and she's like, what the fuck <laughs> is this shit?
0: Oh, if she'd read the script. She probably wouldn't have done the episode. Make
1: sure you put paper dolls in the description, Keith. Oh. Oh, the slow fade to black as she spreads <sighs> out the.
0: Wow. All right, guys, this. Is the sound of me hitting myself in the face.
1: Uh, wow. All right. There's a lot to unpack. Let's go ahead. Uh, and, uh, so
0: much to unpack. All right. Well, let's do the. Oh. <laughs> wow. All right. Let's do. Uh, let, let's let's do these things first. Already famous because you've been on TV getting a page. first entry on your IMDb way to go. You're the best. Okay, well, let' all right. Let's get the. So, I was going to. I, I was gonna be like, I'm not giving it to Linda Hunt. I'm not giving it to Linda Hunt. She's already had two already. I'm gonna give it to Richard Riley because he did. He was really funny as the terrible boss. But then that final scene was. Too good and she killed it. Yeah. Congratulations for me.
1: Yeah, he he definitely he chose the scenery, but he's barely, he doesn't do anything. Linda acted her face off in a tricky situation. So I think it's I think it's unanimous. We we once again award the best guest actor on the episode to Miss Linda Hunt.
0: Congratulations. So uh alright. So that's good. Let's do uh Oh, I have done this all backwards. All right, we're, we're, it's, we're just bananas. We're crazy, Don. We're crazy today. So let's do this one, and then we'll get to best actor. Most
1: I don't know that there's any way it can't be Jimmy.
0: I Yeah, I mean, he didn't do a good job. <laughs> <laughs> but he won. He did win. I mean like that was a terrible job of lawyering. It just that case was sort of already done. Yeah, I think uh, the other lawyer was just worse. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, exactly. And the and and the defendant did it to himself. I mean, I guess he, we, he could put John put Lindsay, we could put Lindsay
1: into the running because she had she did a great prank. Oh.
0: Oh, my God. All right. All right. So, Uh, Jimmy, you're the best lawyer on the episode. Congratulations, Jimmy. Great. All right. One more. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show.
1: Um. Okay. I think,
4: I think, <laughs> you know, uh, I would say
1: that uh, Lindsay does some, she was put in a very difficult position. She's, she's acting. An but impossible task. It's just, it's hard to, the only serious performance I think that I'm going to give is, is uh, to Eleanor.
0: Yeah, to Cameron.
1: Yeah, I think Cameron really Yeah, I
0: Yeah, I mean it's 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 tough that it has to be under these circumstances. Uh but she again does a really terrific job.
1: Yeah, I mean that's such uh, a weird so- thing especially when it crosses the line. I'm sure she's very confident and but still when you're when you're given a given a episode that is really dealing with some deep probably I imagine physical uh, insecurities she's had in her life, and you have to kind of exploit them on camera is difficult, and she did it with a plum as usual.
0: Yeah, well, I, yeah. I mean, I, I have no idea how she feels about stuff, but I know that the episode sure doesn't treat her well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, congratulations, Cameron. <laughs> I mean, this
1: episode, <laughs> to be honest, didn't treat anybody well.
0: No, it really, really didn't. All right, so let's let's do it, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to announce how many spare times this episode gets.
1: You know, we never discussed, Keith, whether... You know, we talked about how thing, how would things age, that question. Um, yeah. But we never decided whether or not that aging would let it off the hook. And I don't know that it, it can, because... No. 1997, 2019, this is a shittily written episode. It's just...
0: Well, it's uh, it's beyond... It's it's beyond shittily written, because it's, like, strangely, it's not each of the the scenes, I, I said this before, like, each line by itself, each scene by itself is well written. It's just the point of view of the episode, I think, is, like, I understand it was 20 years ago, but 20 years ago, we already knew this. Like, the, the fact that the episode is able to sort of articulate the right side of things, but then undermine it, belies the fact that they, so they don't get to get off because it was 20 years ago. It's just like the point of view of the episode as written by these, this clown car of white men, as I said, is just offensive.
1: Yeah. And you know, the thing that they tend to do too, is that this like sort of strict adherence to having three stories when you're going to bite something off huge. Like we're going to, when I read the summary here that we're going to deal with date rape, I figured, Oh, that's going to be a a focus, a focal point of the episode. And I can't even say that it was, it was one of them, but they kept, well, there were four stories Yeah, and they kept just quick cutting to one of the funny ones, quote unquote, directly out of a scene about date rape. And I feel like the, the, the thing that had the most, uh, relevance to making a point about our society and about what's happening in the workplace and all of these things would have been that story. And I felt like it got the shortest shrift of everything.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Lindsay's story, I, I would, have, I think, got the least screen time of all of these stories, and it, it's just like and the least serious exploration. Like, it was basic, no exploration. It was written it was, off it right was literally away. Literally, like, and and it undermined the character so much that the resolution of it was, "Oh, bitches be crazy." Yeah, like that was the that like, and she said, "This is what rape victims get like." So it's like rape victims are crazy.
1: Well, and also there was zero exploration of the merits of a lawsuit. It was written off instantly.
0: Yeah, it, it was it was written off and and like and, and I think that the fact that it would be a hard case to try is a good point. There should be a show about why is that so hard to like that's like what we're debating now 20 years Later, like, how do you make people accountable for that stuff? And the unfairness of that being a difficult thing for her to try is the whole point. But the show's point was, well, it should, you know, like, it shouldn't be tried because, like, the show's point wasn't even that it was unfair. Yeah, they set it up so nicely,
1: right? They set it up really early in the episode, this exploration of what is consent, can you still give consent if you're intoxicated? What if you know you're intoxicated? What if you don't know? What if you give consent, but you were intoxicated, but didn't know you were... There were so many interesting avenues we could explore. None. We explored none and, of them.
0: Well, and the show put in fucking Lindsay's mouth. I would have gone to the police, but you'd lose your job, and I don't think it's worth that. So the so even the victim, as written by these men, says... Raping me is not worth losing your job, let alone be thrown in prison.
1: I believe they also had her say, I'm incapable of good sex.
0: Yes. Oh, my God. This, I mean, Lindsay's character, obviously damaged by this. The show's point of view, damaged by this. Rebecca D. Cricket, speaking up for the, like, the man's, the, the, the the defensive man's point of view on this, Sh- Rebecca D. Cricket's gonna be the one who speaks up for the poor, unfair treatment of, of white men, male rapists. Like what the well, hell? So all of those chips have fallen. Not to mention,
1: over in the other story, now Bobby's back to being a, a a dripping hypocrite. And so, I mean, at least Eugene gave us a couple of eye rolls because he was like forced to do these terrible depositions for Eleanor. So.
0: Well, it's just like this this I hate to keep harping on it, but I'm gonna keep harping on it. The treatment of women in this episode is so endemic. Like we this show desperately, desperately needs women on the writing staff. It needs people who aren't white on the writing staff. This whole thing is written by white men, and I am a white man. But it's like this, this. The whole point of view of this is just really ugly, and just oh, this this <laughs> this did not age well. Well,
1: Keith, I think it's time we have to assign a number to it. So, out of ten spare <sighs> tires, where are you going to have this fall? I mean, we've clearly. I don't think. Okay, so I'm going to say this: the, the the wheels have fallen off. So, since we've decided that the wheels have fallen off. You can't give this episode any higher than a six, since obviously four tires have fallen off. <laughs> so, six, so six is the peak I think you can give this episode. So where are you going to fall?
0: Oh, this one this one gets one tire, and it should be happy it got that. Wow. One spare tire. One. You get a one, Sex, Lies, and Monkeys. Mm. I'm mad at you. Keith
1: is pissed. that Keith gives you a... But I'm going to go by the letter of the law as Linda Hunt did. <laughs> and I'm going to say that there were some good performances, and I, I did have a couple of laughs, although I was speechless at least three times. And I'm going to give it a solid three, which means we meet in the middle at two spare tires.
0: I think that's I think that's fair. Our lowest score it- ever. <laughs> lowest by a lot please don't make us go below that seriously get a consultant on the staff or something oh my god somebody please for the love of god hire somebody who isn't a white straight man well
1: keith i think we've established possibly for this podcast we've established today that we are warriors for feminist feminism everywhere
0: no we're just not monsters Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this isn't about, like, advocating for something good. This is, like, stop being a terrible asshole.
1: Well, I will say that I spent a couple of years in one of my other part-time jobs working for uh, Equality Now, which is a global female uh, human rights organization. I worked under Meryl Streep and Gloria Steinem. And I can say, uh, without close comparison, that this episode does not hold a candle to the horrors of female genital mutilation that's taking place all over the world. If you want to learn more about this and and help you can make a donation to equality now at equalitynow.org
0: that's serious i know you're looking for a joke in there somewhere <laughs> well you know and while you were actually fighting and doing real advocacy work i complain on the internet
1: which is has anyone ever told you you look like a monkey
0: oh god or, Tom Brady, what did you think? Write in, tell us what you thought of this episode. Now, Tom Brady, if
1: anybody ever looked
0: like a weasel, laser sounds. Laser sounds. What is Wisdom of One? Wisdom of One is the story of me, the brave and powerful hero Skankross 7 and counting. Wisdom of One, there's like all these crazy adventures that we go on.
3: (laughs) always has something new.
0: <laughs> this podcast has many, many personality disorders in evidence. See if you can spot them all. The one telling the story is shockingly repressed yet another Dungeons & Dragons comedy podcast. Interrupted by long stretches of grunting from Dagon and pointless NPC nonsense you should skip through. Sometimes it's just more fun than real life, I guess. So find us on your podcatcher of choice. Give us a listen, rate and review us. We need your help there for sure. Wisdom of One. Failure is a way of life. Charisma
9: of Twenty